welcome to the Cheerfully Live podcast. I'm Abby, the owner of the Instagram account Cheerfully Live, and I'm here with my husband, Ben. Hello. It's so good to be with you guys today. Really excited to finally be starting this. We've been talking about it for quite a long time now, um, and yeah, it feels great to be finally recording this one. Definitely. Um, just a few days after our um, second wedding anniversary. Yeah, I know. It wasn't that an exciting time. It was. We went to Stratford-upon-Avon and I finally met one of my Instagram friends, Lizzie, at her golden underscore hour. Um, it was so, so lovely to connect with them and also just have time to ourselves and celebrate our two-year wedding anniversary. It was. It was great. I suppose it's nice to sort of turn that... Instagram connection as someone you just see sort of behind a screen into sort of yeah. a in-person connection. Definitely. It was something so surreal about it. When you've been friends online for such a long time and then you meet face to face, it's such a weird feeling, but we just connected and had such a great time. It was really, really fun. It was great. We met her and her partner, Will, yeah. um, who's also a really nice person as well. Um, and it was a good weekend for the Cheerfully Live Instagram, I saw. Um, you posted a fantastic reel, um, yes. which is obviously one of the newest features on Instagram at the moment. Oh, I love reels so, so much. How, I was going to ask you, how have you found like putting together reels? I've loved it. Like I kind of got into the TikTok phase and enjoyed putting videos together. But um, I think I've enjoyed reels a bit more just because you can be a bit more creative with it and it's a little kind of memory that you get to keep and hold on to which is something so special about it mm. and you put up a fantastic post on our anniversary with the um the hand in the the lavender, the lavender yeah so that was a couple of days after our anniversary i think um but that was yeah i just wanted to express my gratitude and just to kind of like share how i was feeling I think I just woke up that morning feeling so happy and pleased that I actually got to meet Lizzie and Will and yeah, that we just had such a lovely time. I don't know if that can be heard in the background, that's a, a plane going overhead, it shows so you the, um, the setup we have going on, we're literally just recording this in one of our, one of our sort of living rooms, just with a headset and a phone, so it's literally fresh. what we're starting with here. Um, but yeah, hopefully there'll be many more of these to come. Definitely. Also notice that lavender post. That one really took off on the on the likes, didn't it? That's absolutely that really resonated with people. Yeah, it was a bit crazy really, because I, I I wasn't actually that keen of the photo and I, I kind of liked it and so I was like, oh I'll put it out there. I didn't really have much content. Um so I kind of put it out there and was like, oh let's see how this does. And just I just wanted to kind of express how I felt and I did not expect it to reach like 6,000 people and get 600 likes. It was crazy. Is that now your most liked post? I actually think so. Wow, that is incredible. And it's, what, how long has it been up? 20, well, it was up 24 hours this morning when it reached 6,000 wow. people. That's incredible. Yeah. That's superb. Also an exciting time for you, Abby, with um, the launch of your new business, Creative Bloom yeah. Studios. So, Where can people find that if they haven't seen it yet? So you can find my Instagram at Creative Bloom Studios um, and you can also go to my website um, www.cheerfullylive.com and then you just head to the Creative Bloom, Bloom Studios um, page and yeah it's been really really exciting. Mm. Um, I've 
after doing kind of blogging for a while and enjoying Instagramming and just taking really aesthetic, nice pictures really I suppose and it's just something I'm really passionate about and I just wanted to continue and doing my own business really, so really mm. exciting. Okay, and how do, how do you see sort of the difference between the two accounts where you've got your Cheerfully Live and your Creative Bloom Studios? I know you did a post on this a few days yeah. back. How do you how do you how do you sort of see the accounts working differently? So this is something I've been like really thinking about and kind of differentiate what each are. And so my Cheerfully Live Instagram is just more about sharing that real life living with chronic illness. Um, and yeah, we're going to delve deeper into more of this about why we set up my account and chronic illness and everything like that. But it's just, I want to share what it's like to actually live with endometriosis and my other chronic illnesses. Whereas the Creative Bloom Studios is product, remote product and lifestyle photography. And I want that to be a place of aesthetic imagery, the imagery that I might not share on my cheerfully live account, but that I still really love taking. Mm. Okay, that sounds excellent. Um, so I think we we wanted to sort of dedicate this first episode to kind of giving a little bit of our story, uh, kind of where we've come from, um, and sort of how we see this podcast um, working, what what we want to achieve with it, and and sort of our our vision for it. We've got lots of different topics that we want to delve into, um, but we thought we'd just take this one to sort of delve into who we are and how we sort of came to this point. So yeah. So we wanted to share a bit about how we met. So me and Ben met at university in the Christian Union. Um, so I was a first year and Ben was a second year. And I just came to Christian Union because I wanted to meet some friends and just get to know a few more people and get involved with that society. So I came along and you know what? Ben always kind of stood out to me. I remember looking around that room <laughs> and I don't know, just looking around at who was there and I, I kept seeing Ben look at me. You were looking at me. Yeah, right yeah, I was. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was just, we kind of just, I suppose, saw each other and then we got chatting over Facebook Messenger. We mm -hmm. talked loads just about ourselves and actually we were really open mm -hmm. and shared quite a lot about our lives with one another. Yeah, we kind of found out we had a lot in common through those messages, yeah. particularly in our past, which I'm sure we'll delve into a bit more yeah. in another episode, um, but then sort of found each other at Northampton University. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we uh, we went on a few dates from there. There's um, the infamous first date to the university <laughs> library. The what thrilling, a date. <laughs> thrilling, romantic, um, spellbounding first date to the university library, and then a trip to Greg's afterwards but then the craziest thing was we um eventually went on a date to London <laughs> and so Ben obviously told his parents that he was like seeing a girl and he was going to London but I on the other hand did not tell my parents did not tell any of my friends told my flatmates that I was going on a London date with the girls from Christian Union oh. And so nobody knew I was on this date with Ben. So for all we could know, like, I could have been kidnapped by Ben and <laughs> taken, <laughs> taken off. But we actually ended up having an amazing date and it was so, so fun. Mm. 
Yeah, I was. I remember being particularly livid when I found out <laughs> that she hadn't told her parents because I think it just comes from our different perspectives of London. Whereas for your family, the like tra- they travelled into London every day. Yeah. For work at the time, and it wasn't I a think, big thing, was it? But for us, that would be like a big trip. Yeah. Into Northam, into sorry, London. Um, so I immediately thought, oh my goodness, I've taken their precious daughter <laughs> to London for the day without them realising, and I was I was traumatised. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. But you know what? My parents were so so chilled. They were like, oh, you, we knew you'd be fine. Like Ben's a lovely person, and so my parents were not bothered in the slightest. But I think after that point, I was pretty firm with you that I really wanted you to tell your parents about me that. I was, I was like, oh my goodness, what will they think, you know? Yeah, so eventually I told my parents and then, actually it was Christmas break, wasn't it? So we kind of met in the October time and we um, got together by the December, so I think it was the 16th of December, wasn't it? That's correct, it? yeah. Um, and then, so we went on Christmas break and Ben, I remember Ben being like, I really, really want to meet your parents and I was a bit like, oh, it's a bit too soon. I think I wanted to make sure that everything was okay after taking you to London, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah, so you came down and met my family um, on New Year's Day. Yes, it was. It was New Year's Day. And we went bowling, and he actually met all of my extended family. Yes. How crazy. We'd been together like a a week or so. (laughs) Two weeks. (laughs) And then met my whole family. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes, so there we got engaged, um, I believe May 2017. Yeah, that's I right. I think. Um, and we are now married. Yeah. As obviously we heard earlier through our um, two year anniversary, which was only a few days ago. Yeah. We got married in August 2018, and we got married at a beautiful, kind of like renovated barn called Bassmead Manor Barns. Fantastic place. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, we were quite young when we got married, actually. I was only 22, and you were 23. Um, but we'd been together by that point at about four years, uh, for about four years. So we just felt like it was the right time to get married and kind of start our lives together. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it was such a great day. Um, so great. From, at least from our perspective, um, we had a great day. Nothing seemed to go... Um, particularly wrong, although there are some, there are going to be some really good stories to tell. Definitely. Um, perhaps one for a future episode. We'll um, give you a little hint, though. Um, a fun prank was played on us that we were just completely oblivious to the whole day, mm. and we only found out a few weeks after our wedding what that was. But that is coming in another episode soon. Yes, a mysterious parcel was left at our door, and let's say we were a bit dumbfounded as to what <laughs> happened um, on the day. Okay, so from there, sort of after the wedding, that's sort of when the chronic illnesses for you became sort of more prominent in, in your life. Do you want to talk a little bit about your journey with uh, discovering your chronic illnesses and starting the uh, Cheerfully Live account? Yeah, so um, about four months in to our marriage, I started getting really bad chronic pain. And it was a bit of a shock and it was just, yeah, I suppose it impacted our marriage. But um, in May 2019, I was actually diagnosed with endometriosis. In June slash July time of 2019, I was then diagnosed with fibromyalgia and then costochondritis this year. 
So just to give you a bit of background about each different chronic illness, endometriosis is kind of the name given to the condition where cells similar to the lining of the womb, but not the same, are found elsewhere in the body. So for me, my endometriosis is found on my bowel, on my uterus, on my left ovary, and possibly my kidneys and bladder as well. So it can grow in a number of different places. And this breakdowns this breaks down and bleeds, causing a lot of inflammation and pain, which therefore causes really painful periods, as well as chronic pain, um, IBS type symptoms, painful sex, painful bowel movements, and so much more. Um, and it's just very, very debilitating. As well as that, um, I have fibromyalgia, which is a long-term condition that causes pain all over the body. So you can get symptoms like increased sensitivity to pain, really bad fatigue, muscle stiffness, difficulty sli sleeping, restless leg syndrome, lots of different things. Um, and then lastly is costochondritis, which is inflammation of the chest wall. Um, and this is just a lot of pain. Mine is actually all on the left side, which is quite common for costochondritis. Um, and it can kind of flare up for a few weeks, few months and then go away, but it can also relapse again. Um, and it just causes a lot of pain um, all in your chest wall, especially when standing up and sitting back down again. Mm. Okay, excellent. And sort of, you know, you had started a, a blog um, yeah. sort of before all these chronic illnesses sort of came to the yeah. surface, which you... Um, used to enjoy writing on, I believe, and Definitely. that's sort of where that started from there. Talk about how it, you started taking that more seriously and yeah. how chronic illness affected your blog. Yeah, so I used to blog before where I'd share a bit about faith, my job as a nurse, life, and so many more things. But I kind of take started taking it more seriously in January 2019, and that's when I started my Instagram account, Cheerfully Live, as just kind of a distraction and a creative outlet, just to kind of get my head focused on other things other than living with this horrendous pain that at the time I didn't have a diagnosis for. But also just to chat to people and connect with other people that were either struggling with endometriosis, which is what I thought I might have, or just chronic pain and illnesses in general. I think it was really helpful to reach out to other people and just know that I wasn't alone in what I was going through. Mm -hmm. I think particularly because um, also you weren't able to work as a nurse yeah. during that time. Did I talk a bit about how it affected your sort of working life? Yeah, so um, I had to stop working because the pain was just so bad and I couldn't manage to keep up with the hours that I was meant to be doing as a nurse. I couldn't drive, I couldn't go out to home visits. And so I had to stop working for a while and a lot of this, just my job was on hold whilst I was kind of getting appointments, figuring out what was wrong with me. But then once we realised that I needed surgery and the surgery wait was going to be a very long time, I actually decided to leave my job and stop being a nurse for a while and just do something different. And I suppose my Instagram and my blog has grown and it has flourished over that time and actually I'm so grateful to have opportunities where I have paid work through my Instagram mm -hmm. and have now started my own business, yeah. which is just an incredible 
thing for both of us, as well as me, because I wake up every morning and I love what I do. I think also the being off work sort of gave you that time and space to definitely um, sort of grow that, but also sort of giving you something to do, something to occupy your mind while you were sort of sat at home, not being able to work. So which must be which must be tough, sort of mentally, knowing that this condition is sort of holding you back from being able to do your job. Yeah, of course, it was really mentally hard, and I think at the beginning when I was diagnosed with chronic illness, I was quite naive, and I thought that my mental health wouldn't be affected by this, mm. but I definitely did feel a strain on it, and I experienced some really really tough times with anxiety, uh, with feeling really really low, and. I was stuck in the house a lot of the time and actually having this Instagram and this blog was such a lifesaver for me. It really gave me something to focus my mind on other than being ill. Mm. And I think that's why I want to spread awareness through Cheerfully Live is that I want other people who are going through this to know that they're not alone, that actually we all have mental health struggles. We all go through difficult things and that actually if you're going through chronic illness there is a community out there to help you and to support you through it you don't ever have to feel like you're alone because I for one know how isolating it was to go through that experience mm. so I just want people to know that they are never alone thank you for sharing that Abby um, we wanted to dedicate some time within each podcast to highlighting uh, some news but more specifically news around chronic illness whether that be sort of in the mainstream news, um, sort of local news articles, um, good causes, whether that might be new research out or um, support that's being offered for those with chronic illnesses, um, as well as um, good blog posts that are out um, around chronic illness. And there are so many stories to be told and so many different conditions that go sort of under the radar, unnoticed, and mm. we want to give give that some some highlights so sort of in the mainstream news this week um came out of japan where the prime minister shinzo abe uh, announced that he's resigning as prime minister as a result of his ulcerative uh, colitis um, which is something he has had since a teenager and he's been battling with there was sort of concerns around his health when he visited a hospital a couple of times last week and, and now it's come out with this announcement. Do you want to explain a little bit more, Abby, about the condition? Yeah, so ulcerative colitis is a long-term condition where the colon and rectum become really inflamed, so that is part of your bowel. Um, small ulcers can develop on the colon's lining and then they can bleed and produce pus. Um, there's lots of different symptoms that come along with it, tummy pain, diarrhoea, needing to go to the toilet often, fatigue, weight loss, so many different symptoms and it's a really debilitating illness. Mm. Yes, and it's obviously very affected his uh, work life. What was most interesting I found about this um, story, it's actually not the first time that Shinzo Abe has stepped down from his role um, from Prime Minister as a result of the of the condition. Uh, he actually first stepped down um, in 2007, um, but was then re-elected to, to Parliament in 2012, which, which also makes him Japan's longest-serving uh, Prime Minister, um, which really shows sort of how um, the chronic condition here really affects people's working lives, and Absolutely. the fact he's had to sort of step down from it twice, and it's sort of re-flared up. Mm. Um, 
that really kind of shows, especially in Japan, which is such a, a hard-working uh, culture mm. out there. They really dedicate themselves to their work and, and sort of they throw themselves at whatever they're doing. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Chronic illness is really, really difficult to manage. And this is something I've experienced that actually, like, sometimes it's really hard and you can't work for periods of time. Some people can work, some people can't work. And actually everyone's illness is different and everyone's got to make decisions for their own health and what is best for them and actually I feel like it's quite empowering this new story that actually he can make good decisions for himself and his health knowing that he knows what is best for him to do mm. and actually for him to announce that and to share that is actually very very brave yeah. and he obviously is very aware of his boundaries and he knows when he needs to take time to rest. And actually that's something that's really important. Mm. Also out this week was uh, well, launched a couple of weeks ago, a brand new hotline in, over in the States um, called Chronic Illness Hotline. Um, uh, launched a couple of weeks ago, which is uh, a fantastic new service out um, if anyone's listening from the States. Yeah. Um, offering a, a text service for kind of support or um, advice and, and, and resources for anyone who is chronically ill or is currently undiagnosed and sort of looking um, for answers. I think that's something that's so, so helpful. Mm. Um, I, uh, as I said earlier, was that you can really experience loneliness and feel like you're going through all of this alone. So actually to have a helpline or something that's there for people to ring in to gain support and just encouragement just for them to know that they are doing the best that they can do is something that is amazing and is something that I think every country needs and yeah every illness um, needs to have kind of a hotline mm -hmm. or a support yeah. line for them to help them through it. Yeah, it'd be great if we could see more of those sort of pop up, or or yeah. maybe more of them are existing. We're we're not aware of them. If if so, know, let us know. I know Endometriosis UK has a support line, which I think is really mm. really great, um, where you can speak to one of their advisors and just get some help, or just hear a friendly voice encouraging you, mm. which is something so helpful. Yes. Um, speaking of Endometriosis UK, um, uh, it was announced uh, recently that their current fundraising scheme, the Walk for Endo, yes. um, has been extended um, through September. Um, so it's a, it's a fantastic uh, fundraising scheme where um, a lot of people are walking seven and a half kilometres yeah, that's um, as a sort of a charitable walk um, or a sponsored walk, so to speak, um, in relation to the seven and a half years it takes um, on average to get a diagnosis for endometriosis um, and it's something we've also taken part in ourselves yeah. recently we went and uh, did a walk did you want to talk a bit more about that yeah it was amazing actually um, we really enjoyed doing our seven and a half kilometers and actually it was really really quite emotional actually that day because um, this time last year I really wasn't able to walk that far mm. I was barely able to walk around the block let alone seven and a half kilometers so to get involved with something like this and to fundraise over a hundred pounds for endometriosis yep. UK was just incredible like I said over 800 have signed up so far and I think it's um, I think they said it was one of their most successful yeah, uh, fundraising amazing. campaigns they've ever put on which is is just so fantastic to hear um, 
Um, and a lot of it really came out of coronavirus um, mm. as well because they were originally planning to do marches, I believe. They do it every year. Yeah, that... so every year they do a march in London as well as other big cities around the UK. Um, they may be, I'm not sure whether they do it worldwide as well, actually. But okay. um, they do a march where all amazing women and men and people come together to um, walk and raise awareness um, for endometriosis and it's a really amazing event and mm. one year I would love to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then sort of doing this instead has helped some kind of people sort of take action and, and do things remotely as well, which is which is fantastic. Mm. Um, there's also Endometriosis UK are, have put together the APPG uh, inquiry at the moment, which is the all-party parliamentary group uh, for endometriosis, um, which are sort of pushing to see more awareness created for endometriosis within the UK Parliament. Um, so there was a, a survey that went out um, by Endometriosis UK that was filled out by over 10,000 participants, which is just fantastic, sort of sharing their stories around endometriosis. Um, I believe you took part in that survey, Abby. Yeah, I did. Do you want to talk a bit more about what that uh, sort of made up of? Yeah, so it was a lot about um, kind of asking about your experiences with getting a diagnosis for endometriosis, um, yeah, how long it took, how your experience was when seeing GPs and having to go to A&E and all of those things, as well as, um, yeah, just understanding everyone's individual experience of dealing with endometriosis, having to work, whether they don't work. It was just very, very much an experience-based questionnaire and was just so helpful to kind of get my story and get my point across about mm. how long it took me to be diagnosed and my own personal experiences. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and alongside that, 70 um, people with endometriosis shared their stories live in Parliament, mm. uh, which is uh, just fantastic. And the inquiry is also going to be producing a UK-wide uh, report in October which will hopefully highlight some of the flaws that you pointed out within like going to A&E and uh, sort of frustrations with going to GPs and not kind of getting the answers that you really need. Mm. Um, what do you hope as someone that has endometriosis, hope that the report will provide or what will it highlight? Mm. That's a very interesting question actually and I just hope that there will be more education for healthcare professionals. Mm. I feel that so many women get disregarded especially like in the early stages when they're just having really horrendous period pain and so many women just get pushed away and told it's just something women have to deal with and actually that's not right if you have debilitating period pain that causes you to not do normal activities that is not normal and so it would just be really helpful for GPs to have more education, especially as the primary care providers, that most women will, or most people will go to first. It would be helpful for them to have more understanding and maybe think outside the box. It might not just be a, uh, a debilitating period pain. It could be IBS symptoms. It could be bowel problems. It could be bladder problems. That actually all these different things could be a diagnosis of endometriosis. Yeah. And and what what do you feel the government could be doing to sort of help in that way? Again, I suppose more educational materials for both GPs, doctors in A&E, um, so more training, um, I suppose more education in schools, which I know is something is being brought out, but I think it's so important to just 
when we're teaching them about sex education in schools yep. to talk about the fact that painful periods periods are not normal yep. and actually that is something that really needs to be discussed. Mm. All right. yeah, thanks for sharing that Abby. Um, that wraps up the um, our chronic illness news for this week as of today the 31st of August. So normally we would just do one topic split into two different parts um, throughout the podcast but today we really wanted to outline what our vision for the podcast is, what made us start it, what inspired us and what we would like to do going forward. So what made us want to start it? I think the success of Chronic Convos and wanting to create and raise more awareness was something that was so key for us. Yeah, absolutely. I think you starting Chronic Convos on your Instagram, which if, if you're not aware is a series on Abby's Instagram stories um, at Cheerfully Live, um, where guests come on and talk about their sort of symptoms and their stories with chronic illness and um, that's which is a series that's gone down really well, right? Absolutely. I think it's been so helpful for both other people in the chronic illness community to learn more about different chronic illnesses, but also people who are not in the chronic illness community, just understanding and really realising what people with chronic illness actually go through. Mm. And so it's been an cr- incredible tool for raising more awareness. Yeah, and it just sort of gives us another platform to to raise that awareness and Absolutely. and such. We sort of float. You, it was. I think it was you that floated the idea of of doing a podcast. Yeah, I think, I think we'd like heard other podcasts, and it just kind of came up in conversation. We were like, why don't we start a podcast? And then the idea yeah. kind of grew and flourished, and then we started dreaming more about what it could be. And then we started planning it. And yeah, essentially. Here we are. The idea was sort of floated and it was almost like a light bulb moment. Like, yes, why, why wouldn't we do a podcast? Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I love listening to podcasts. Um, like, I listen to various um, sports podcasts like the... Um, uh, the Ornstein and Chapman podcast, which is which is great. Um, there's The Herd with Colin Cowherd, which is about American sports. That's another one I've loved listening to. Uh, as well as a few others, but I've always liked the podcast format. Um, found it really enjoyable to listen to when I'm like at work or something, or um, doing something else, or doing jobs around the house. Just put a podcast, you know, put yeah. headphones in, something, you know, fun to listen to. And I think I, for me, I was like quite keen on the idea because of because because of, of how much I love listening to podcasts. Mm. I, the when the opportunity came up to try do one. Um, we thought, let's just, go for yeah, it. it was let's just, do uh, it. Yeah. And so I suppose that was what kind of made us want to do it. But also kind of what inspired us was kind of what Ben said about listening to other people's podcasts um, and hearing about what they like to speak about. And I suppose, again, that inspired us as well as wanting to raise more awareness because the problems that people with chronic illness experience, like the diagnosis time and not being believed, and having to go through that whole isolation, um, yeah, we just wanted to kind of raise awareness of that and share our own experiences of that. And so hopefully we can help one of you guys who are listening. Mm, I think there was a podcast in particular that you had listened to. Was it the Power Podcast? It was called the Positive Power Positive Podcast. Positive Power Podcast, yeah. yeah. Um, 
that was really really great and actually I really enjoyed listening to other people's stories um, I listened to a really great one about grief and about how she had dealt with losing her husband and it was honestly so empowering and so great to listen to other people's experiences and just learn from that and so yeah. I suppose that's what we wanted to do give you a bit of advice but also be a bit educational help you to understand what it's like to live with chronic illness I think it was the the sort of the real talk and honesty Absolutely. from that positive power podcast that really sort of caught you and like sort of speaking bravely and honestly about sort of not every day maybe slightly yeah. taboo subjects and Absolutely. just creating positive conversation yeah and I suppose that leads on to kind of what we would like to discuss in further episodes and what kind of you guys can expect from us so we definitely want to speak more about chronic illness awareness as well as incorporating that news every single time we do a podcast. Um, we're going to plan to do it about every two weeks, yep. I think, yep. um, and we'll go from there. But we just want a lot of real talk, honesty around various topics, taboo topics, to have guests on. But ultimately, we just want to have fun. Yeah. We want to have a real laugh along the way, sharing our honest thoughts and opinions, as well as just having mm. a giggle. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of the things we've talked about um, discussing was definitely things around relationships. Uh, we wanted to talk more about our wedding and the sort of aspects of marriage. Yeah, um, absolutely. And just so much more. Mm. It's exciting for what's to come. Um, yes, we've already we've already had to think about what sort of guests we could have on. Yeah. Um, and and if if you're listening and you've got a, a story you want you want to be heard around chronic illness or um, any other topic that you think might be beneficial for listeners of this podcast, listen to we want to hear from you. You know, get in touch with us. Um, send Abby a message on her Chiffley Live Instagram, and we can we can look at doing that. Definitely. Mm. What we thought we'd do to end each episode um, is to take questions um, from you guys, the listeners. Uh, unfortunately, um, we don't have any questions yet because we haven't told you where to send them to yet. <laughs> uh, we've created uh, an email inbox um, for you guys to email any questions to, um, which is cheerfullylivepodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, cheerfullylivepodcast at gmail.com. Um, but instead of having user questions, obviously because we don't have any, I've come up with some questions um, just to ask you to finish off this episode. Hopefully, hopefully you can answer. Um, first of all, I thought I would just do a little bit of clearing up almost, because um, there's been a little bit of confusion around this, even though we've kind of answered this question within this podcast, because we've heard some people pronounce your name as cheerfully live, um, but actually it's cheerfully live isn't yes, that right definitely cheerfully live um i think some people have been thinking that the name cheerfully live makes sense as in kind of like live on radio or <laughs> i don't know live on tv but actually it's cheerfully live and the reason why i called it that was because i wanted to share a message of real talk and positivity whilst living with chronic illness yeah i guess kind of both ways of saying it makes sense yeah, I guess they do. I don't think one's either is incorrect but it was definitely created with the intention of cheerfully live yeah absolutely. Uh, rather than cheerfully live um, okay next question what is the most nerve-wracking or bravest thing you think you've ever done I think I've done a couple of brave things 
in my life so far. One of them being on getting on a plane to go to China and volunteering somewhere completely all by myself when I was 18. But actually I think the bravest thing that I've ever done is acknowledging that anxiety was holding me back and asking for help and getting counselling and CBT to help me cope. Mm. I think having that honesty and being so real is actually really, really nerve-wracking and it's really scary, but it's it's incredible once you do it and yeah. it's so, so brave. And I think just being honest and open with people around me about how I was actually doing and managing my chronic illness and mental health was one of the bravest things I've done. Oh, that's a good answer and I think there's a, a couple of bits in there we can unpack a bit more in mm. in future episodes perhaps your trip to China and yeah. experience of counselling and CBT um, now last question um, because you have the unfortunate pleasure of being married to me um, what is my most annoying habit oh a hundred percent chewing your fingernails oh my goodness I cannot stand it <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just something about it. The sound. Oh, oh, no, no. It's just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I've, um, I've, I've, I've always been a fingernail biter, unfortunately. I have for my whole life. Um, not particularly proud of it, but... It's one of those it's things. It's just one of those things, isn't it? We all have annoying habits <laughs> at the end of the day. So yes. It's just one of those things. For example, Abby... Um, whenever she makes a cup of tea, is not able to put the tea bag in the bin. She leaves the, the tea bag on the side where the washing up goes, which, which probably upon hearing sounds nothing wrong with. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, is that the bin is only a metre away from where she actually leaves the tea bag. But for some reason, she's not able to put the tea bag in the bin. It just doesn't make sense to me at all. It's just something about the fact that if you carry the tea bag across the kitchen, like not over anything, it will drip all over the floor. And then when you get to the bin and you want to like spoon your tea bag out, you've then got to touch the bin and then touch your spoon. And no, it's just easier to be on the okay. side. You know? Fair enough. Who else does that? I can't be the only one. <laughs> Maybe you'll get some solidarity um, from from fellow listeners in the uh, email inbox. Yeah. But if you want to ask any any question, it could be something serious. It could be something silly. Um, you can ask absolutely anything you want. It's just email cheerfullylivepodcast at gmail.com. That's cheerfullylivepodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear them. Yes, absolutely. Um and that is our episode. First episode, yeah. we're done. Um, first ever podcast. We have no idea how well this will go in our little little room with a phone and a headset. But we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes from here. Absolutely. We just want to thank you so much for listening today. And we really, really look forward to having you join us um, in the next podcast, which will be in two weeks' time. And yeah, it's been great to speak to you guys. Yes, great to speak to you all and we'll see you again soon.